Hey everybody, we are going to be talking about brain health. I am Dr. Philip Boob. This is Aubrey. Uh, she's a nutritionist here at the practice. And so we're going to be talking about different aspects of brain health. And we're, we're going to keep it pretty broad as far as brain health. That includes anything from brain fog, which includes any anybody, mm -hmm. um, ADD, dementia, anything in the, in the brain health world. And we only have four videos, so we're going to be narrowing down the topics this time, although we could talk for hours. As you know, I can talk about hours for anything. But um, so in this video, it's mostly going to be be about mold and indoor air quality, so to speak, and how that affects people um, uh, and their brain health. So we we frequently see patients who have whatever it may be, brain fog, fatigue, depression, anxiety, into any kind of mental illness is also wrapped into this brain health, right. brain fog, whatever you want to, to call it. Because if, if it's something, if it's a symptom that directly comes from the brain, then it could be affected by any of the things we're gonna be talking about mm -hmm. today. Now, that's not really fair because the brain technically controls the whole body. So we wanna make sure like if your toe hurts, it's probably not a brain health thing, right. even though the brain <laughs> is what's telling you it's hurting, but yeah. there's a lot more that goes into brain health as far as syndromes than you probably realize. And one of the things that is frequently missed and frequently not talked about um, and frequently missed even by functional medicine doctors. I myself was not familiar with that much mold um, until about 2018 is when we really started getting into mold. Um, so a couple years went by and, and mold has really been, the, the knowledge has been on the rise. And, mm -hmm. and so we're, we're doing this of course to help uh, patients but also other practitioners to become more aware and, and things to look for. I think people, oh also no, I think people hear the word, word mold and they're like, ah, it, like they feel offended like, I don't keep my house clean right. or I don't live in somewhere like a nice place, but I mean, I did it too. And I'm the mold toxic patient. And I had a functional MD be like, we should check for mold. I'm like, that's not a thing. Right. You know, and then we actually now treat tons of people for mold, but there's a bit of a stigma around it, I think as the, well. There really is. And we've seen some of the nicest houses, even new construction mm -hmm. with mold, because all it takes is one water leak mm -hmm. to touch some sort of um, wood drywall, um, cabinet, whatever it may be, there's we forget that there's natural mold spores in all building materials because it's made from right. the outside, right? And those mold spores are encapsulated and protected and they're hardy and they last for forever, basically. And all it needs is just like you, you, you can hold a seed on your desk for, for years, I guess. I don't know. You can hold a seed for a long time, but until you put it in the ground and soil and give it water, it doesn't even hatch. And that's what these mold spores are as they live in this in, in your um, in your furniture and your cabinets and your drywall and all that forever. And all it takes is one water leak for that water to touch mm -hmm. that mold spore for a long enough time and then it hatches. And once it hatches, it can survive off of the humidity in the air. So that's yeah. another thing that frequently gets missed is like, oh, we had a leak, but we cleaned it up and it's no big deal. Unless you made sure that it was completely dried out and you dried it out in an, an adequate amount of time, there could still be mold. Then the other problem is um, is slow leaks. Slow leaks are the hardest mm -hmm. to find because obviously if your water heater explodes, like mine blew up in the garage one day, it's obvious it's raining in your garage. That, that That's a water leak, right? But the slow leaks, the drip, 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 drip that's happening under the sink or in the shower or broken tile um, in your shower and, and the water's dripping behind it, that can be a mold source. And that's the ones that no one realizes is happening. Correct. That was a mouthful, but <laughs> you know, I, I, underneath the drain, sometimes that absolutely. happens just anywhere behind the sink. And mm -hmm. especially if you have one of those cabinets where you go underneath and you have that little kind of like wooden kind of elevation mm -hmm. off of the floor, because mm -hmm. then there's a whole area underneath there that you, you can't see. see. Yeah. 
the sometimes people point out mildew and, and mold around the the like their wet sink or shower or something like that that's not what we're talking about that's very superficial mold it's right. usually a non-toxic mold um, fairly easy to clean out even if it's in your grout and stuff that's not the mold we're talking about and that kind of goes back to your um your stigma of like if you feel like you have mold that oh it's a dirty house right. you know it's really not the mildew around the drain that's making you sick it's going to yeah. be in the wood in the drywall um, and so if you're someone that's struggling with any kind of brain health and, and especially if multiple family members that's always a trigger for us when we're talking mm -hmm. and we have one patient in front of us and they're saying oh yeah well my daughter's got eczema my my um, husband is is getting worsening depression or whatever it may mm -hmm. be my son has ocd and you're like okay there's <laughs> Yeah, a lot when, going on right here. When multiple family members have something in the same household, and then you throw in the dog, right? Yeah. Oh, the dog got a tumor on his back. That's how like, it always happens. So uh, just be paying attention to that. And, and so we're talking about mold right now, but it could just be indoor air quality. So there are other things that go into it, like burning candles mm -hmm. and, and plug-ins and cleaning products and all that. But mainly we're going to be talking about mold. So mold poses kind of a, a, a two-fold problem is what we tell our patients is that uh, I always do the wax on, wax off. I don't know how that got started. But the idea is that mold, when it's living and growing in your, um, in your living space, you can breathe it in and you can have allergies to it and you can actually grow it inside of you. So that is the living, growing mold mm -hmm. that lives inside of you. It sounds completely crazy and bonkers that you can live and grow mold inside of you. I didn't believe it at first either, but there's lab testing to prove it. So if you don't believe me, I've got plenty. We've got plenty, plenty lab tests to prove. My favorite is when you can swab the sinuses and oh, you see it gross. grow on a plate and you're like, mm, six molds. Pretty gross. Yeah. Personal experience? No, clients. With patients. Patient. Oh, okay. So you've got living, growing mold. So if you've been in an environment that had mold, the first step is to get out of said environment mm -hmm. because just more mold spores and, and live mold coming in can trigger your, your allergies, your inflammatory response, and it can grow inside of you. So first step is to get out. Second step is you have to treat the living, mm -hmm. growing mold that's inside you because you can't detoxify mold if it's still living inside of you producing toxins. Right, okay? you're just basically breathing them from the inside. Yeah, it's just like sitting next <laughs> to a campfire and being like, oh, someone like detoxify the air, like the smoke is in my face. <laughs> like, how about we put out the fire first and, and then we, we yeah. can detoxify the air, sure. right? So you have to get rid of the fire, you have to get rid of the living growing mold. The two places it loves to live is the sinuses mm -hmm. and the gut. And once again, I did not want to believe that it lived in the gut, but we've treated enough patients in the gut and seen markers that got better after treating their gut that mold can absolutely live in your gut. Yeah. After the living growing mold is treated, then you must detoxify the mold toxins. Now this part is what makes it tricky because we, we test patients for mold toxins all the time and um, almost everyone has some element of mold toxins inside them and of course the higher they are the more likely someone is, is to be right. sick from them. And the other scary part, kind of Aubrey mentioned it earlier about being a, a mold toxic patient is that your exposure could have been years yeah. to decades ago and you could still be carrying around those mold toxins. Once again, we've proven this with science because mm -hmm. we've seen people with really high mold levels and we have told them, oh my God, you're living in mold. And they do the thorough investigation. They spend hundreds of dollars trying to fix their house and find the, the source of the mold. But then ultimately they find out that their house was actually rather clean. So after they've proven that their house is clean, then we repeat and they do their mold detoxification. Yeah. Then we repeat their levels and their levels are significantly lower. 
So that tells you that, well, however long they've been living in that house, and we've had patients that have been living in their house for 10 or more years, mm -hmm. and they had ridiculously high mold toxins, and then in six months or so, we're able to remove those mold toxins and detoxify them um, and prove that we got them out mm -hmm. in six months. So if we were able to get them out in six months with the appropriate treatment, why do they carry them around right. for 10 years? That's scary that we can carry around. Yeah, but they're fat and water soluble. I mean, we've mentioned that before, but but to the kind of like so what does that mean? Yeah, because yeah, like, that's the normal tricky population for the body. is that so kind of like fat and water soluble vitamins, right? Like B vitamins are water soluble. Vitamin A, D, E, and K are fat soluble. Fat soluble means it'll stay in your system longer. It's harder to get out. Your adipose tissue, your fat tissue, actually holds on to toxins as a protective mechanism. Mm -hmm. Kind of like we can keep it in here so we don't overload the bloodstream and don't make you super sick. So when you talk about fat-soluble mycotoxins, it's literally kind of like extra toxins stored in adipose fat tissue and that aren't being released. Mm -hmm. But what happens is that we have a, treating mold is very tricky because once you start pushing those toxins out of stores, there can be so much more than you think that there is and that can lead to a worse Herxheimer reaction, detox things, yeah. reaction, things like that. And, and so the other part that's tricky about this fat and water soluble is that the body's used to detoxifying water soluble stuff. Yeah. That's pretty easy. You sweat it out, you urinate it out, you yes. drink water. Water soluble stuff is easy to get rid of. Fat soluble stuff is, as Aubrey already mentioned, very sticky. They've proven that it sticks to your DNA, sticks to mm -hmm. your cell wall, and it just becomes part of your body, part of your structure. You think of uh, the longer you've lived in a house, I think in my kitchen tiles, you develop that dirt in the ground in between mm -hmm. the kitchen tiles. The longer you live there, it's not like you're just splattering mud on it. It's just from, from yeah. use, right? And so those little, and so every now and then you gotta clean out that grout. Well, it's the same way with mold toxins. They stick to your grout <laughs> and it's stuck to you. And unless you do a actual detoxification program, that stuff can be in you forever and mm -hmm. it's not being adequately removed. The body isn't really designed. We were never supposed to live in indoor mold and those levels because if you live in a cave, sure, there's gonna be mold and stuff in there. But the, the difference between indoor mold and outdoor mold yeah. is that outdoor mold has to compete with other molds. So they're naturally suppressed by the other molds. It's like a checks and balances type yes. of system. Yes. Yeah. Indoor mold is completely unregulated by other molds and it gets to grow out of control and it's got plenty of food because wood, drywall, anything is food. It's got plenty of oxygen because oxygen in the air mm -hmm. and it can survive off the humidity in the air. It does not need water. But that being said, a humidity test is not an accurate test for mold in the home. Correct. All I can, uh, I think I've heard uh, mold can survive. That was a lot of stutter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting there, I'm getting there. Uh, the number's in there somewhere. So 45% is what I've heard. Okay. Even if the humidity is at 45%, mold can survive in, in the wall. Yeah. Um, and, and I think of my own air conditioned unit, which can drop the humidity to 45%, yeah. but can't drop it any lower than that. Yeah. Uh, so one of the things we've done for some people who can't necessarily get out of their mold immediately is um, they can try to drop the humidity to try to paralyze the mold. It doesn't really kill yeah. it. Um, and so they can get a dehumidifier to try to drop that humidity below that, but it still ultimately needs to be treated. And the most adequate way to treat mold uh, in the home is to cut it out, just like Remove a cancer, you gotta cut it out. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of uh, mold talk we could do. Uh, we've got a course online mm -hmm. that, that walks through all about mold, um, how to kill it inside of your body how to detoxify it, because um, remember you have to kill the living growing mold and you have to detoxify the mold toxins after it's, it's dead. But we wanna at least give you a few pointers of something you can do on your own right now. Um, so yeah. Aubrey, why don't you start with, uh, what, what's an easy way for someone to, to test their home um, that they can do on their own or at least yeah. kind of investigate? Um, so there's, a, I mean, there's a couple tests that we do. Um, there's one which is the ultimate kind of like 
get everything test that's the army test and it's a cloth test and you basically wipe some dust around your home i'm paraphrasing it very very small right. by the way um and it tells you all the different type of mold in your home kind of where you relate to everybody in the united states or kind of your area is the united mm -hmm. states yeah i don't know if they do out of the country okay but, but yeah so that's one um ermi e-r-m-i yeah by micrometrics that's that, the company we use there's several companies that do ermi yeah we have no that's just the one we use so micrometrics m-y-c-o metrics m-e-t-r-i-c-s like environmental moldiness index Rel relative index yeah okay cool, cool um and then the next one's uh, kind of like a dextrose little uh petri dish that we can use and we leave it open in the home put on the fan for about an hour or so see if anything grows after four or five days mm -hmm. that one's a cheap one it's like 33 dollars with don't quote me on the price um yeah with lab fees and everything included. And so. that one's from Immunolytics, right? Mm -hmm. And that so. one's nice too, because you can use that same exact type of um, structure to swab the sinuses. That's the fun one. Yep, so you can buy the same plate, you can take Q-tip, mm -hmm. swab inside of your nose, gently swab the auger, that gently. auger's very yeah. uh, soft, and then close it up and see what grows in your sinuses. Yeah. And then you can send it off and they can tell you whether it's candida or mold or whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, it's not the per, I shouldn't say sinuses, because you're really just swabbing the, the nose. Ears. Yeah, you would really need an ear, nose, and throat doctor to get inside the sinuses to actually see what's growing right. in there. Yeah. Um, the other thing you can do is you can do a quick look around your, I shouldn't even say quick, a, a detailed, thorough there. look around your house. The main places we see mold is always the bathroom and shower. Mm -hmm. It's almost always the shower. Yeah. Um, so please over-investigate your shower. Another common place is the kitchen under the sink. No one looks Behind the there. dishwasher. Yep. Places you can't get to. So right. think about that, like if you have a water line going into your refrigerator, is it behind the wall of the refrigerator? That's mm -hmm. happened so many times in brand new homes as well. Mm -hmm. Did the dishwasher not be put in properly? Mm -hmm. And is there a leak in the back of it to where water is going underneath? Yep. That's a little bit harder for you to look at. So yeah. if, you, if you feel like you test the home for mold and you've looked everywhere with your eye, eye line, eye, eye of sight, Okay, words are very hard today, but if you've done a thorough look mm -hmm. and you still have mold on a mold plate or a mold test, then get someone to come in and check those really hard to look places. Right, that's where you hire a mold inspector. Right. It's generally gonna cost at least $400, if not more, to hire a mold inspector. Yeah. Um, the, the, I think we'll do do more with mold inspectors later. Yeah. Another thing you can do is you can always shut off all the water in your house and go to your city water line and see if the dial is spinning. If you have all the water off, you should not be pulling any water from the city line mm -hmm. and that meter should not be running at all. Now, if it's obviously like the dishwasher drain pipe, that's not gonna cause the water line right. to go. But that's another way you can tell if there's any leaks in the house because that, that meter is pretty sensitive for, for any leak. But once again, if it's a drippy drip drip, that's not really, that's a really formal term, <laughs> drippy drip drip. Um, <laughs> it's really drip. not gonna show at the city water line. So you gotta you got right. think a little higher. Um, if your water heater is raining in a garage, you don't need a meter to know that. Mm -mm. So that's some ways to test the house. Number two is um, as far as treating mold inside you, that really involves working more with a practitioner, but yeah. maybe what are some things that patients can do or eat or something? Yeah, so you can, one thing that you can do is inhale kind of different um, herbs as well. I know that's- <laughs> People are thinking marijuana, okay. So smoke some smoke weed. Smoke weed. <laughs> that'd be great. No, that's how totally you false. Mold. How you treat mold, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, like time, like things, like you can actually do a time inhalation. Time, like seconds and minutes. T-H-Y-M-E, yeah. You inhale seconds and minutes. Just More weed. Breathe. <laughs> T-H-Y-M-E. So you basically put it over a boiling pot of water if you believe it's the sinuses as well because 
inevitably if you're living in it, it is in the sinuses. Mm -hmm. um, you can do that. Have thyme in boiling water and put your face over it, put a towel on top of it and do inhalation for like 15 minutes or so. Mm -hmm. It burns. You'll feel some die off. You'll definitely mm -hmm. kind of, you can treat that way. There's a bunch of different herbs and we can always list that in the comments as mm -hmm. well. Um, other than that, I mean, you can do, I mean, things at home with food or what are you talking about? Yeah, I, I think we're going to struggle to come up with anything that would kill mold inside yeah. of you um, without working with a practitioner or using right. medications or something. The, just because it's, mold is one of those things that it's not like bacteria, you know, or just kind of like I'm resetting the microbiome. Mold is very toxic and because of the fat and water soluble vitamin or vitamins, toxins, that when you kill them off, they release more. So you're adding an abundance to what you already have. And so it depends on what a practitioner wants to do, but usually you debulk the circulating toxins. Then you try to figure out, do we kill now or do we go into some of those fat-soluble vitamins or <laughs> toxins? I keep mm -hmm. saying vitamins. Molds are not vitamins. But like the phospholipid exchange IV or something like that. You have to determine that. And it's really tricky. So when a practitioner goes, this is the one way you treat mold, I just please don't listen to that because there's so many intricacies of how to get it out of your body. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you can look at the mold course and we don't say this is the one way to do it. We kind of go. That's how we do it. Yeah, this is how we do it, but we do change it for every patient as well. Mm -hmm. um, so you can take the mold course, you yeah. can learn more about it. I list which supplements to take, um, and then you can go on our store and buy the, those exact yeah. supplements. We use a lot of biocidin to kill the live, living, growing mold, but we also use prescriptions. So make yeah. sure you work with a, a mold literate uh, provider if, if you need prescriptions. Yeah. Uh, finally, mold detox. That's something you can do more on your own, of course. We've got a detox course that yeah. you can watch and, and learn how to detoxify the mold and use supplements and things that we sell in our store. But that's another thing you can actually do with, with food or at least to kind of supercharge your, mm -hmm. your detox pathways. I think too often people just ignore the gut and go buy this detox program from this provider or that provider. And you have to make sure that your gut is intact in order to be able to detoxify. Right. As Aubrey mentioned, these mold toxins are fat and water soluble and they can actually flip back and forth. So the liver loves to detoxify um, fat soluble toxins. It can dump that detoxified mold toxin into the bowels but then basically can flip back to water soluble. And as you know, if you drink water, you will absorb it, right? So mm -hmm. a water soluble toxin then gets reabsorbed by your bowels and then you have to fight it all over again. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons why mold toxins are so tricky to detoxify, unlike Roundup and, and other chemicals, because they're, they're generally just considered fat soluble if you, trouble, if you have trouble getting rid of them. Yeah. Um, and so what, what are some top five foods you'd say for someone to help mold detoxify? I'd say first thing is removing some of the inflammatory foods because again, if let's say if you had no mold but you were eating inflammatory foods, your body would still hold on to toxins. Mm -hmm. So you're looking at processed foods. So anything kind of like Kellogg's cereal, anything of like those processed uh, cereal bars and granola mm -hmm. bars and things like that, chips, candy, things like that. You have to get that out of the body. Um, I would avoid gluten, of course, because that's the biggest inflammatory food and you can't detox properly when you have gluten in your body. That's a big statement, but I truly believe it. I do um, but one thing that you can do is you can get a ton, a ton, a ton of cofactors for detox through leafy greens. So collards, Swiss, kale, Swiss chard, kale, mm -hmm. Brussels sprouts, anything that's really kind of cruciferous as well. Um, the darker the green, the bitter the green, the better. Mm -hmm. Bitter greens like dandelion, where you actually eat it. <coughs> Excuse me. That's rough. Dandelion yeah. is rough. That actually stimulates bioflow as well and can kind of help hurt some of those toxins too. But think about yourself in that regard. So one of the things that I think we always get confused with is, and I'm guilty of it too, is like, oh, dandelion's great, but I can't friggin' eat it because it's yeah. so nasty. 
Well, then eat broccoli. Eat right. something that's that may not be the best, but it's still great. Right. So if you can only eat one little leaflet of, of dandelion, mm -hmm. but you can eat two heads of broccoli, which one do you think has more benefit? Right. The two heads of broccoli. Right. Or drink dandelion tea while Ooh. you're eating the broccoli. It's not as bad. Add a With little stevia, stevia, a little hemp <laughs> milk in there. It's yeah. okay. Um, what else? Beets and okra are two good really binders. yeah good binders for mycotoxins. Mm -hmm. I think specifically okra toxin. Okra. Or, um, or no, I don't know about okra toxin, but okra specifically oh yeah, okra is good yeah. for. Um, so okra and beets, two of my favorites as well. Okay. So we kind of circled around a little bit. We said we, said we were going to talk mostly about brain health, and then we, we launched fully into mold. Yeah. And so we didn't talk a lot about how mold affects your brain, but I don't think you really want to know the biochemistry behind how it does. But just know that it messes with your energy metabolism, messes with your brain's ability to make energy. And everyone has their weak spots. So if your brain is struggling to make energy, one person might get depressed, one person might get yeah. brain fog, one person might get memory loss, um, one person might get cold. And so everybody's a little different. So just know that if you're struggling with your brain, one of the things to definitely consider is molds. Mm -hmm. Have you been exposed? Do you need to work with a mold provider? Um, and of course, uh, look up our course, mm -hmm. buy any supplements online if you need to. Um, and then we're accepting new patients. So call us up if you Always. need someone to help you with, with mold. Right now we're able to see, do telemedicine and see anyone from around the country and yeah. really around the world. And so um, if you don't want to work with us, look up a mold uh, literate provider. Yeah, and I think one thing, you know, so being exposed to mold seems very extreme, but just think about how do you feel you're in, when you're in your home? Are you at your house and you're like, man, I can't create sentences, I'm forgetting the words, I don't know where I put my card keys for the fourth time, I'm not sleeping very well. Um, don't chalk it up to maybe a stressful day at work. I would just consider the home because more often than not, most patients who come in here who have those simple day-to-day -day symptoms end up having mold exposure and have mold in their home. Yeah, so. agreed. Yeah. It's tricky and it's an invisible. It's in. It's <laughs> an invisible. It's, it's invisible. <laughs> I mean, unless you can see mold, please let us know. We will pay you to find mold. You're a new employee. <laughs> Thank you so much. So anyway, like our videos, subscribe, hit the Bye bell guys. so you get our notifications, and uh, we'll see you next.